We all pot down here. Fools. Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Dan. And I'm Brittany. And the title of the movie that we're going to be talking about today, if you might have been able to venture a guess, but it's April Fool's Day. Uh, it's a really fun flick. Uh, it came out in 1986. I was just a toddler. Um, so the basic overview premise is that it involves a group of friends going to their friend's island in Maine for the weekend of April 1st. Haha. <laughs> And but they slowly start getting killed off, but there might be more pranks than they originally signed up for. And then, so the references we used for this were tvtropes.org, fangoria.com, good old Wikipedia, and I also watched some interviews with the cast on YouTube and, of course, the movie itself. And we'll do a quick overview of the cast and crew involved with this flick. Uh, the director was Fred Walton. If you might remember, he was a director for When Stranger Calls in 1979. It was produced by Frank Mancuso Jr., who produced Species and most of the Friday the 13th sequels. Pretty pretty known guy in horror. It was written by Danilo Bach. He did some of the story for Beverly Hills Cop, which is just such a great flick. Uh, some of the cast, um, Harvey slash Hal, you'll get to know why there's dual names there. Uh, it was played by Jay Baker, who did a episode of Star Trek DS9. And not much else. Yeah, you'll learn very quickly that we're pretty big Star Trek fans, so if there's a Star Trek cameo, we'll call it out. Clara was played by Pat Barlow, and uh, Cal slash the Ferryman was played by Lloyd Berry, who uh, had some bits, parts in Jumanji and Scary Movie. Uh, Muffy was played by Deborah Foreman. Uh, she made an appearance in the movie Real Genius. Uh, Nikki was played by Deborah Goodrich. She was in uh, a couple movies like Just One of the Guys, Out on a Limb. Uh, Constable Potter slash Uncle Frank was played by Tom Heaton. He was in the movie Slither and the classic It miniseries, which is my personal favorite iteration of it, but the new one's cool too. And, and also, also, wasn't he in a Highlander TV series? Yes, he had a had a few episodes in the Highlander TV series, which was a personal favorite of mine. Also, the name of a of a soccer goalkeeper. No which relation. I originally looked at it, and I'm like, I don't think there's a relation. But I originally looked at it, and I'm like, huh. Didn't know he was that old. Ha. Ha. Uh, we have Nan, who is played by Lee Pinsent who was also in The Industry slash Made in Canada. They couldn't decide what they wanted to name that show. Um, then we have Buck, who was played by Mike Nomad, who was in Cocoon the Return. Not a ton of acting credits, but he's been in a fair amount of movies and productions as a stuntman. Then we have Rob, who's played by Ken Odent, who was in Leprechaun. Great flick. We have Skip, who's played by Griffin O'Neill, who was in The Wraith. We have Chaz, who was played by Clayton Rohner, who was in The Human Centipede number three. Number one was fun. Number two was shit. Number three is unfreaking watchable. I still haven't Don't seen watch. it. Do not. Trash. <laughs> then we have Kit who's played by Amy Steele, who's famously in Friday the 13th Part 2. 
And finally, but definitely, last, definitely not least, we have Arch, played by Thomas F. Wilson. If that name doesn't ring of the bell, think uh, Biff. Hello, McFly. You play Biff in Back to the Future. So from here, we're going to go into a little bit of the plot summary. So one thing I want to make painfully clear is there will be spoilers. If you have not seen this movie and you want to and you do not want it spoiled for you, please turn this off and go watch it. I believe it's still on Amazon Prime. Um, so what we're going to do is go through kind of some of the general plot of the movie. We're going to go through, you know, the twist in the movie. Um, we're going to go through the scenes, pointing out any kind of like interesting trivia, nitpicking things. Um, so again, if you haven't seen it um, and you just choose to listen to this, well, it might be a little bit confusing until we get to the big twist at the end. So we're going to start off, the movie begins starting out with friends filming on the dock. It's a like first person point of view and they're waiting for a ferry to take them to their friend's island in Maine. I didn't see any moxie soda, so that made me very upset. Um, the scenes shot on video by Chaz were actually shot by Clayton Rohner on one of the production's handheld film cameras. So the footage you see is shot by the actor themselves. We then meet the friend, the name friend. Her name is Muffy. And so the first clue that we have something might be up is she makes a comment to Clara who... I don't know if Clara's supposed to be the nurse or what her actual... Or not nurse, um, like housekeeper or something like that. But Maybe. I'm not she sure. Says, yeah, they she, don't explain it too much. Yeah. She's just like there for a moment and just offers to help. And she's like, no, I need to do this my own. That way dad doesn't have any more excuses. And we're like, excuses for what? We'll find out. She finds a jack-in-the-box and apparently it was something she got as a child that kind of flashes back and forth. And it's like some creepy lizard monster comes out of it rather than the already creepy, you know, clown that should be coming out. Total 80s cheese with that with that brief vision of that monster. For sure. But so this is where we kind of get the idea that this is probably where her love of pranks may have started. Yeah, so it's good foreshadowing. Then when we transition back to the docks and more friends are showing up. Nan talks to Muffy about being a great actress. Um, foreshadowing. Have, yep, indeed. Uh, we have Kit waiting for Rob and Hal. Rob is a little late. Has gets point out that he has his fly open. This scene, there's a lot of jokes back and forth between the characters, and the, the now if you look at the book, interesting fact that the book talks about him cheating, Rob cheating on her at a kit at a local motel with a married woman. Not scenes not in the flick, which is yeah. probably a good idea. Yeah, I feel I'm like it would have been totally unnecessary. And, and I'm glad they didn't include because like Rob is so much more likable without that being mm -hmm. there. So instead, just the fly opens, just a little haha, you idiot. Mm -hmm. You know exactly, and it it goes down to the 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 aesthetic of them being just a bunch of silly college kid pranksters, which definitely fits for sure. So we, then we go into the first serious prank. Skip pretends to get stabbed. Quite the prank, I would say. Um, Buck gets his face messed up by the boat, which we also find out later that this is also a prank. So again, pranking, pranking, pranking all day long. And a very interesting and incredibly tragic side note. About a year after this, Griffin O'Neill is charged with manslaughter. He caused the accidental death of Giancarlo Coppola, who was Francis Ford Coppola's son, due to a boating accident. What happened was there was a small boat that they were in, there was piloting that they tried to go between two other boats, and they didn't see a tow line between them. And, 
as a result, Coppola got struck and killed. Uh, his fiance, uh, Jacqueline de la Fontaine, was two months pregnant with their only daughter, who they she ended up naming Giancarla or Gia for short, who was born on January first, nineteen eighty-seven. Um, O'Neill ended up pleading guilty to neglect negligent operation of a boat, was fined two hundred dollars, and got eighteen months probation but then failed to do his 400 hours of community service, so he got 18 days of jail time. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's a very true. So he accidentally kills somebody and... $200 fine, 18 months probation. He can't even do the community service. I'm like, like oh. You can't even do the community service and give back for the horrible thing mistake that you made. Now, granted, it's a mistake. It's absolutely a an horrible, accident, horrible but... accident that... Quite frankly, he got off very lightly for. Yeah. But I digress. So at this point, when they get to the house, we find out that the house is about to be inherited by Muffy next month for her 21st birthday. Um, so there you go back. We go to them making dinner. Um, there's hot dogs and beans. You know. This is where all the dick jokes come in. <laughs> yeah, it's like real classy. So um, so Nikki's standing there reading a, what looks like a Cosmo-style magazine with a bunch of sex questions and what's interesting is that this scene was entirely improv so deborah goodrich um, who plays nikki had been doing some of um some of this with like the other cast while they were doing i think it was a lighting scene they were working on doing the lighting and her and the other cast members were sitting there um going through these cosmo questions so a couple days later um the director hands her the magazine with the questions he's put in there and says you know Go ahead, improv the scene. Let's how it see how it goes, and went good, and obviously made the final cut of the movie. Um, so, now for some of the stuff about these characters, Arch, aka Biff. Um, I can't not call this man Biff. I know, but typecasting so, one hundred and one. Yeah, so he is outside um, throughout this entire movie. You will learn he is a misogynistic prick. Um, he's just talking about how many women he's going to sleep with and being generally awful. And that's so Biff Tannen. Yes. So Biff Tannen. At least it's like like the 1980s Biff, who's like like the casino magnet running the hotel and everything. Yeah. Yeah, this is if this guy grows up to be rich and successful. So we then transition over to Hal stealing a bunch of cigars. I, my only question there is, were they Cubans or were they Dominicans in the Cuban wrapper? The Seinfeld jokes will be throughout the, yes. all these shows. We will not stop. Yeah, Seinfeld jokes, and that's totally my fault. I'm a complete Seinfeld freak. So, you know, like, we took the cigars. I can immediately think of the scene with uh, with George's um, and girlfriend Susan, Susan, and when they're at her father's cabin, and Kramer leaves the cigar lit and burns the whole thing down, and then the thing's burning down, and uh, Susan's like, oh, the cabin! Kramer's going, oh, my Cubans! And, and, and he just, like, charges into the blazing inferno. Of course, he has to. He had to. He needed his cigars. Now, my question, though, is earlier in the movie, you know, Hal's going on about how he wants to interview with Muffy's dad's company. Mm-hmm. So, this guy is not smart, because it's like, okay, you want to interview this company, and you're stealing his cigars. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great way to get, you know, in good with a, with a hopeful future boss. Let, let's steal their cigars, yeah. which were probably expensive because this was a relatively rich family, pretty big house, and they owned the whole yeah they owned the whole island. island. <laughs> so it's like yeah, you know what? I'm gonna steal the cigars. 
And, of course, later we find out they were trick cigars. So he got what was coming to him when one blew up right in his face. Fantastic. That was fun. And, like, as you can tell, like, we're, we're talking about a lot of pranks. Very, like we said before, lots of pranks in this. It, and they get really good. So we have Skip and Nan. They're talking about the daddy issues Skip has. Uh, interesting fact with the uh, alternate ending, this scene would make a lot more sense but we'll delve into that, yeah, a, little we'll that a little later but the alternate keep, ending's really interesting keep that, that that little tidbit there for yep, later. exactly so at this point this is where the pranks really start up here so nan sits on a whoopee cushion arch's chair collapses and just like it like the legs come out from underneath it and then he flips off of it and then it like writes itself which is really cool um, and then they have this drink that they're doing a toast with um, and when everyone goes to drink it it just like spills all over them and i do not understand how this prank worked. So if anyone has seen this movie and they understand what these trick cups were, please tell me. Oh, I'd love I would... to know. It's like trick glasses. And the, like the whoopee cushions, there was a couple of whoopee cushions, right? No, there's just one. Just the one? It's just she sits down on it and then like sits back up and then sits down again oh, and then yeah, she realizes it's, it's the whoopee cushion. Self-inflating. Yeah. Could have been like a like a butt concerto. <laughs> so Hal has some terrible pickup lines that he's practicing for Muffy. Like, for instance, his talent and her money. Uh, I want to slap this idiot. This, this, how is awful. He is just freaking awful. And he wants to be called Hal rather than Harvey or Harv, but... Apart I would me, call I him Harv intentionally. That's the thing. And most of the notes I, and most of my notes I put Hal because I was like, that's shorter to type. And I was lazy. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that, in, in a movie like this, is just like the guy that you hope gets stabbed in the face first. He doesn't, but he does quote-unquote die. Yeah, quote-unquote. So he at this point, this is when they find some relatively creepy stuff. So Hal slash Harv, he finds several articles hidden around his room that say six die in in fog, which has to be, I would certainly hope, has to be a reference to John Carpenter's classic from 1980, The Fog. I just remember they have a thing that comes in that says, like, six must die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It so has can, to be an homage. Which otherwise, is really if it's cool not, it's egg. the funniest coincidence. That's a crazy coincidence. But I think that was a really nicely planted Easter egg. Yeah, for sure. And shortly after that cigar blows up in, in uh, Hal or Harv or Halv. Halv. <laughs> it blows up in his face. Wish it would have blown up more. Um, yeah, that, that scene, I'm just like, ha. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like total trick cigar blast all over his face. It's like a Laurel and Hardy joke. And then the pranks just keep coming. Nikki gets sprayed in the face with water from the sink, and a whole lot of water. Arch finds what looks like a heroin starter kit in the medicine cabinet, which was really interesting. He's just like, like everything's there. Syringes, tourniquets, you name it, it's there. It's like... It's like if you walk. Yeah, it's like it's like if you if you wanted to get a a junkie kit a present, here's a heroin 101 kit right there. He also has a funny moment when he when you see like a long string of condoms in Arch's mouth. So at this point, I think Biff just wants to get stiff, but and he's gonna fail but, the but entire maybe he, movie. But he could end up as a stiff. True. True. Well played. So at this point, now we jump over to Nikki. Now that she's been sprayed in the face with water, of course, more has to happen to her. She finds, like, an S&M bondage situation in one of her drawers. 
Um, jumping back to Arch, he tries to leave the room, but the door handle comes Arch right Arch is off. not having a good time at this point. No, no. And then Robin Kit, they found a creepy old painting with the eyes moving, but it's just one of those, like, cat wall clocks, which... Yeah, Felix the Cat, those, those are very, very popular yeah, but in so this time. Now I want to, like, do this, like, if we ever make a spare bedroom, like, I want to have, like, a creepy painting with just, like, the eyes moving. I wanted of Master Gracie from Haunted Mansion. That would be really with the, good. With the eyes in the back. Oh. That would be so, brilliant. so cool. We'll, we'll take a note, make it happen. Indeed. So Nan fi also finds a recording of a crying baby, which is very poignant because we later find out that she had an abortion, so this really upset her. So these pranks are getting kind of like this one got really personal. Now, don't worry, you're not in Texas in 2021. You're not in this awful alternate reality that we call life right now. Um, and then only one. Muffy really apologizes to her in the end. No one else Yeah, no does. one really gets an apology in and, the end. Yeah, um, they don't. And then Rob and Kit have a fun little interaction with the light situation. One light goes off, so they go turn the light off, and the other one comes on, and back and forth. He decides, that Rob decides that it's the best way out of this is to unscrew the light that has been on the longest with his hand. And maybe this is why he doesn't need to go to medical school because immediately burns himself. I'm like, yeah. you could you could let one of the other lights go on that have been on for like two seconds and then maybe not burn your hand. I mean, unless he's in like one of the deepest circles of hell in Dante's but that, Inferno. But wouldn't he is be freezing? Gonna... Maybe. Is the deepest circle freezing? It, no. it depends. I don't know. So now the deaths really start to pile up. This is when it starts getting really crazy. So first we find there's Skip dies in the boathouse. And they found weed. Yeah, Skip, Skip, Skip finds, finds weed. Like right before he dies. Yeah, and right before he dies. he's going to the boathouse to smoke it. Yeah. It's like, how in the hell would he know, like, of all his property and all his pla- and everything? There's like, this happens to be a marijuana plant. And like, he had to have been really familiar with the area. It's the first clue that he might be a little more familiar with this property. This is the first clue that he's actually her brother. So, Muffy has a brother. Again, spoiler alert. So, we jump over to Hal is on the porch the next morning. Um, he's exercising with, I guess, what's called a twister bar. Um, and then Nikki kind of, like, pops out of her window. She's stretching. She only has underwear on, though, and, like, a shirt that's open in the front. You can almost see her boobs, but not quite. Hal says, good morning. And right when he does it, the twister bar straightens and just springs up. And I watched this and was immediately like... That's not the only thing that's springing up. I'm sure something south is springing up Such as well. Such a delightfully cheesy juvenile gag. And again, of course, it's Hal. So this is where Muffy starts really acting weird. So they they come down the next morning. Her hair's a mess. Um, she's sitting there. I guess it looks like she's pushing eggs around a pan. And they say hi to her. She freaks out. She runs upstairs. Um, so at this point, everyone goes to do their own thing. Rob and Kit are down at the boathouse. Um, and they're about to bang. And of course... Kit looks down and sees under the boathouse, I guess the boards are like, have like little gaps in them. So you can see down to the water and you just see Skip just kind of floating on by. Yep, Skip's dead, bloated, floating corpse. Yep, so well he's, he looks like he's really blue and stuff like that, like he's suffocated or something, but I want to like, 
for this scene, like, because again, we know this is all pranks in the end. Did he just like wait around and then as soon as someone just happened by the boathouse, he's like, I guess I'll push the dead corpse now. Yeah. Or was that actually him just in makeup? And then just was like, all right, now someone pushed me along. And again, no one picks up on this. No. And truthfully, it's hard to pick up on this at this point because this is the... Like, oh, absolutely. Lots of weird stuff like going on. Reviewing but it in hindsight. This is the first actual, actual corpse that shows up. They're starting to think that Buck is after them. So while looking for Skip and or Buck, Arch gets caught in a trap in the woods. There's a snake hanging out there that's kind of snapping at him while he's inverted. You know, it's one of those little foot traps that like pulls up, has you upside down in the tree. Yeah, and I just want to take a moment to note that that snake is not native to North America. That's an Amazon tree boa. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. So they realize Arch is missing. They go to call the police, but Muffy knows the direct number for the constable. Convenient. Good thing, yeah, right. Good thing they didn't just call nine one one after the line kept failing. Because later they point out that they kept, they couldn't reach the mainland, and so later on in this movie, constable calls them back from the hospital. So first of all, I want to know like, did they actually get through and leave a message? And if so. He says he was at the hospital the whole time with Cal and Buck, so how would he have got said message? And also, why the hell is he actually at a hospital? Like, he is really committed to this prank. He's like, I'm going to actually call him from a hospital. That way they might hear the slightest hospital noise behind me, and they know I'm for real. Yeah, the detail of, of all of this was pretty in tune. So we fast forward over to they find a bunch of funky brown water coming out of the sink. Nikki and Hal head out to the well. And Muffy says that Arch and Skip are probably just playing tricks, playing pranks on them. You know, to be fair, they did just do that on the ferry. So there's precedence. It's a good diversion, really. Then Nikki and Hal are at the well. Hal's being a chauvinist bastard per shock and awe. Because Hal's a giant asshole. And Nikki just doesn't miss a beat. She goes, like, you mean back on the farm? He goes, like, I'd like to plow your field freaking idiot <laughs> so at this point at the at there he drops the bucket in and then she tries to shine a flashlight she drops it so now everything's in the water so nikki goes down into the water um, now deborah goodrich actually i was watching an interview with her she did all her own stunts for this um and on top of it she said this was the absolute worst ear infection she ever had in her entire life she said there's you know a bunch of men sitting there filming me while i'm like thrashing around this water but they're all smoking, they're, you know, it's the 80s, they're throwing their cigarettes in the water, throwing cups in the water, so this water is disgusting. So, poor Deborah Goodrich, but she did a wonderful job in that scene. Um, so at this point, she's in the water, Arch and Skip's heads pop up, as well as Nan's body. So, again, one of these slight plot flaw things, which I'm like, well, how on earth, like, they planted these at the bottom of the well, but how did they know anyone was going to go in the freaking well? Right, and have multiple like, were they hope, of them in there. Yeah, right. were they hoping that just with that many things there that the bucket either A, would break and they think maybe they'll go down and get the bucket, or would they think that maybe they'll bring up the head in the bucket or something? I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, and Nan's body is end up in there, so now Nan's dead, we know. Um, you never, and at this point still, you never see anyone die. So again, this is one of the other clues that leads you to find out that yeah. this actually is, you know, yeah. all staged. Lots of deaths, but you don't actually see them. So, so, so was Nan's body though a prop? That's maybe because kind of, it looked, but we never see like that prop later. Like they bring out no, the heads later, don't. but but it's it's possible. I, I my guess would be yes. That was what I was thinking too. She just comes up from like the bottom, so unless mm -hmm. she had like some breathing kit or something weird. Yeah, which I severely doubt it. Yeah, these these jokers aren't that resourceful. No. Now the group knows like things like okay, people are legit dead. People are dying. Families are destroyed. 
I mean, not really, but they think that's the case. And they start blaming Buck, but the constable calls again. He's legitimately at the hospital, really going all the way with this. And Rob says, with Muffy, and what do you mean? So at this part, I thought he was telling Muffy, like saying that Muffy's at the hospital with him. Like, because he's talking about at the hospital, and then he goes, with Muffy? And like, that's what Rob's saying. And I'm just like, is Muffy at the hospital? Who is here? This Mm -hmm. isn't Muffy, apparently. Yeah, which is another weird little... I don't know if that was what it was meant to mean, but that's yeah. how I what I was thinking while watching it. Yeah, that's how I was interpreting it as well. So they're, they get to the point where they're locking up the house, trying to, you know, batten down the hatches, and Kit finds a photo of two kids in Muffy's dad's study. So now it's looked the setup. They think Muffy has a twin sibling we don't know about, so it's getting a little... Shedding a little more light on some possibilities here. So at this point, though, Muffy then, of course, comes in the room and decides to be creepy as fuck. She sits there and says about yeah. the tides. She's like... She's just like a, like a like zonked out. Yeah, she just, so the way she says it's so creepy, though, she's like, you know, sometimes... She, you know, because Kit's saying she's locking up the windows and stuff. She's like, that's a good idea because, you know, sometimes with the tides, they can take someone all night to get here. Sometimes they don't get here at all. And just mm-hmm. walks away, like, I'm like, chill, and, real chill. And there. just, like, like, just kind of saunters off. Yeah, like, like, they, like she didn't say anything fucking mm-hmm. creepy as hell. Another fun fact, Hal apparently brings a gun, which is exactly the person who should not ever have a firearm of any kind. Although I wouldn't trust a firearm in the hands of any of these nincompoops. But, and later Muffy says Hal almost killed her. Eek. And while they are talking in the living room, they bring up finding all the weird stuff in their rooms like we talked about before. So, like, you know, like, the articles, uh, all the weird stuff. Nikki pulls out all the S&M bondage stuff. But where the fuck was she hiding that this entire time? Like, I still want to know, like, she just pulls it out like it's been with her this whole time. I'm like, she just, like, fell in a well. She's, like, in, like, what looks kind of like a bathrobe or something like that with a towel around her neck. And out of the couch, just like, it's like, and here's the bondage. It's like she pulled that out like a drug runner has crack in their anus. Yeah, just, know? I was like, oh, did she wedge this into the couch seat? Just to be like, the, the later on, I'm going to throw mm-hmm. this out at everyone. Yeah, so. rolled it up, shoved it up her ass, and just pulled it out like a flag. Yeah, but it was just like, it came out of nowhere. And I was just like, no one's concerned about the fact she had this on her. Crazy. So now the the best idea in a situation like this, time to split up. Let's all split up and all die individually. So Hal decides to guard the stairs. Buffy goes to her room. Rob and Kit go to the attic. Nikki's trying to leave. Chaz is trying to stop her. So the bathroom sink sprays her. But they thought the main was broken. Because mm-hmm. remember all the brown funk and sludge coming out of there. So but again, that water was clear. Yeah, clear as day. Weird things happening. Chaz is trying to calm Nikki down. Like, Dude, people are dead or perceived to be dead dude good luck so chaz decides to be a joker and put the snm mask on and you know, i probably a feeble attempt to try to cheer her up while N- nikki leaves the room comes back while she's gone apparently like chaz just laying there not moving apparently he was killed by having his his dick lopped off because the S&M mask was like on his crotch. He pulls it over and... There's no, no, the S&M mask was on his face where he just says hands on his That's crotch. right, hand on the crotch. You're right. But yeah, so then at that point, you know, Nikki's like, oh my God, um, as anyone would. Um, and then someone steps out from behind the door. So bye-bye, Nikki. So at this point, we assume they're both dead. 
we jump to kind of Rob and Kit being in the attic. There, Rob's telling Kit that the constable told him that they shouldn't be alone with anyone, especially not Muffy. So this is where the whole with Muffy situation came in. That explains that real quick. Yeah. Um, and then they find the dolls that earlier I think we didn't mention, but in the dining area they had dolls that were supposed to like I guess represent all of them. Really creepy. And they're mostly I mean they're like Barbie dolls and shit but like still that. So, but it's weird. it's weird. It's no, it's weird. It's just they're not like the porcelain dolls. No, are, not the porcelain dolls that will like eat you in your sleep. Yeah. But. But so the, it's clear these dolls represent them. Nikki and Chaz are laying, their dolls are laying in bed covered in blood. The ones that are supposed to be itch, uh, itch. Dear Lord. Itch. Itch. All itch right. Arch, Arch, Skip, <laughs> and Nan are in the water bowl. I mean, with as many women as he claims to have plowed, I bet he has itches in a couple places. I'm sure. So then they see a flare. So then they see the flare coming out. They're searching for the others. It's getting frantic. Even it's tuning up. It's getting crazy. Kit ends up in Arch's room where the doorknob falls off again. I'd like to her to turn on some lights though, because keep in mind this room is pitch fucking black. Not even an attempt. No, no. Like, I could see like she tried and then the lights just don't come on. Whatever. But it's like she doesn't even attempt. She's just kind of like I'm like you at this point literally believe there's someone trying to kill you in this house and you think the best course of action is to stay in a dark room where the doorknob just fell off. Naturally. Of course. Of course. Great idea. So they find Chaz and Nikki dead. Though they thought they we just saw the blood, not the bodies. So again, we... we assume they're dead though because when they flick on the lights, like the actual like true horror. And I wonder, I haven't found anything to corroborate this, but I wonder if like they didn't tell them what to expect or someone jumped out and startled mm-hmm. them because they legitimately looked very startled. Yeah, it was, it was, was a like, very well acted scene. Yeah, that part is one of my favorite parts. Just the way that she's just like, ah, and just mm-hmm. like grabs onto Rob and at this point, yeah. For sure. Goodbye. That was a cool scene. And then they find Hal, who is hanging from a noose in Muffy's room. So Hal is dead. And then they get to the dock. The boat's there, but no constable. He is nowhere to be found. There's no keys, but they find a letter about Miss St. John being in an institution for the last three years. But they know she was at school with them. So, again... Weird stuff happening here. So at this point, when I was watching, I'm like, all right, this is the evil twin trope, you know, and I knew there was a twist, so I'm like, cool, here's the twist, there's an evil twin, you know, and so they go back to the house, you know, Rob's acting like they have no choice because they gotta find the keys to the boat that are supposed to be in the kitchen, Um, and I'm just watching this like, I mean, you could just stay with the boat, not go back to the murder house because it's a murder house, but okay. So they go in through the basement window, that which... At the very beginning of this movie is when we saw Muffy prop open this window. Um, and at this point, I feel like Muffy just has to be thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's all coming together. Like, it's all been coming together the whole time, but... So we have a blood trail to the furnace with Muffy's clothes. Everything's all crazy. Height marks for, for Buffy and Muffy. So, again, evil twin confirmation kind of going on here. You think they're, like there's an evil twin running around so you don't you wonder who is muffy buffy is buffy muffy you don't know who's who so it's starting to get really creepy the really mentioning creepy that creepy ass painting is back but now it looks like has real eyes it's muffy's head right behind it pretty brilliant um then the window is shut and nailed closed so they can't get out that way they run upstairs and then buffy is there at the door knife in hand and Rob sees keys in the pantry, but gets trapped. Buffy chases Kit from the kitchen to a dining area, and though the sliding doors 
there look like a wall so and then they pull it open everyone's alive everyone just kind of there just like standing around not making a sound and at this point when i first saw this and i'm curious what you first thought but the very first time i saw this i'm like is this some like time travel bullshit because the way that like it almost looks like you're watching something like mm -hmm. like as if she like went back to like see what they were doing and i'm like is that what's happening is this like a weird screen effect like what on earth it's is going like some on some sort of weird like oh did i did i cross over to another plane of existence maybe like time traveled another dimension yeah that's what, I mean, what did you, what did you think when you first saw it? did you just think they were alive or when what? i first saw it i was like oh they're just all standing there what the fuck is going on i didn't really have an inclination of like well what happened I was just like, oh, it was kind of like a shock to the system. Like, oh, you've, all these people are dead. Oh, wait, they're not. Oh, snap. That and was then, kind of like the like an oh shit moment for me. Because it pans back around and you can see Muffy slash Buffy. Mm -hmm. It's just like standing over the door with the knife. Like mm -hmm. almost like she, you can see her moving a little bit, but it's almost like she's supposed to be frozen. And yeah. the there's no sound. Like the group's just talking yeah. no sound. And I, I'm it, like, it was I a, am thoroughly confused. It was a really good, good, good reveal, though. Because it just, like, it leaves you hanging for a second. I really like that. Yeah. So Muffy comes through the door and pushes the knife into her hand, showing it's a fake trick knife. You know the ones with the springs in it that looks like it's going into somebody, but it isn't. So it's one of those nights. I had a toy one like that when I was a kid. I did not. So at this point, Kit is pissed. Rightfully she, so. She's just like, ha ha, real funny, fuck you. And of course, everyone laughs, like, you know, like we're all having a great time. Mm -hmm. This is when they break the silence. They're all oh, laughing. Yeah. So you're it's like, like, all break at once. They're, so they're this is when it hits me that I'm away. like, oh shit, this was all a prank. Mm -hmm. I was like, no one's dead. This is a friggin' prank. And then there's poor Rob still locked in the pantry. He going, I love you, kid. Why would he be in love with a car? A kid? From Knight Rider. Kit the car. Oh! <laughs> oh, 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 good How call. How would he be so in love with a car? I mean, he was, he was I mean, it, very be, debonair, and I mean, if you're to, hanging around David Hasselhoff enough, I mean... To be fair, though, I mean, at that point, you'd have to say about everyone named Christine. This is true. This is true. Kit and Christine, that'd be an interesting interesting combination. If anyone ever has twins out there, and you don't name them Kit and Christine, I'm mad at you already. We should name our cars that. No. <laughs> Definitely not Christine. I don't want a car named Christine. No. He's going, I love you, kid. I love you too, babe, says Buck, which was really, really funny. Yeah, because he just shows up, like, and still has, like, the thing on his face. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like, his face looks like it's, like, half falling off. Yep. So we jump which back is to really the... funny. He's like, the face is falling off, and he's, like, freaking out, and he... He just pulls it off. But first, we jump back to the group, and they all are laughing, and they're just like, April Fools, and there's a ah, We use the title. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. But well, they didn't say April Fool's Day, so... No, but close enough. Yeah. So we go back to Rob, and like we mentioned, you know, Buck pulls off the messed up face, and, and the, like, I love that he just slaps the, the rubber fake face contusions onto Rob's face. Rob is screaming like a banshee, running around like a crazy person, like, because obviously... He still thinks this is a real thing. Yeah, he has to be kind of like me, like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. This guy just took off part yeah, of his face. Exactly. Like, and he runs to find the group, just laughing, and all of them alive. At this point, Muffy reveals what actually happened. So this is apparently a script so that her dad won't sell the house. So jump back to the beginning where she says dad won't have any excuses this time. So she needs to show this house can support itself. So 
Yeah, so she wants to convert it into a country inn with a sort of bed and breakfast whodunit mystery kind of thing. Now, I thought they were rich as fuck, so I'm thinking, like, she's like, but with the taxes, and I'm just like... In what like, kind of taxes are you paying for an island you own in Maine? I mean, I'm sure you're paying hella taxes, yeah, but, but I thought your whole family was, like, loaded, so whatever. I guess you need something to do with your life. <laughs> So we find out that Skip is actually a twin who didn't know more than pretending to be the cousin and a trick for the fairy, but didn't know what happened to Buck. Yeah, so he thought Buck, like he knew he was, you know, pretending to be the cousin and doing the thing where he pretends to get stabbed, but he had no idea what was going to happen to Buck. So yeah, apparently, no idea. Apparently Buck is a makeup artist, though. Mm-hmm. And the constable is Muffy's uncle. And Cal is legit the ferryman. Like he's legitimately the ferryman who just kind of like went along with it. Yep. It's probably was just one a little bit of excitement in his life. Keep in mind, they own this island, so he's a ferryman literally for just them to go back and forth. Yeah, pretty easy gig. Exactly. Like I said, he's bored, you know? Yeah. Well, the beginning, he's bitching about life like, yeah, just the weekend, I don't like it. I was like grumpy about it. I'm like, what? What do you do? <laughs> anyway. And Muffy says that the paying guests will know what's going on and it won't be so extreme, I which... Why would it have to be extreme in this scenario? Like, right, like like this whole, like, make everyone think they're being murdered. Yeah, and it's like, so it's like, okay, but you had to show that this the script would work, and she goes on, about, like, oh, the clues really worked. I'm thinking, what fucking sure, clues? Sure, sure, like, sure. Every, like, the whole thing, you tricked everybody into thinking they were being all murdered. But, but the thing is, like, the clues, a lot of these things, I'm like, how was the crying baby for Nan a clue? What is this no, a clue for? No, it was for? just fucking with her. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it felt like it was more like, I'm like, these weren't clues. These were fucking with your friends. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, but I assume it's just because, like I said, we kind of led to believe maybe Muffy likes pranks, going back to that jack-in-the-box Not the a surprise. This is a very prank-heavy, loving group. Yes. So the, then these days the group just starts partying, the champagnes are flowing, bubbly. They're having a good old time. And now, so apparently they just all forgive her, like nothing yeah, is wrong. Yeah, like, like, oh, okay, well, you know, at least, you know, no one's actually dead. Yeah. So. But so, I guess it's probably like a like a relief kind of thing. Yeah, because you sure. think all your friends have been brutally murdered. You're not gonna make it, and all of a sudden this, everyone's alive. But at so this point, it's like, like you're just celebrating your like mutual PTSD. I feel like at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you're how, celebrating your captor kind of thing. And she talks about like you know how everyone had to cooperate and all this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, but you like legitimately everyone in this group cooperated and was like good good at faking being dead like you know like Hal's hanging there like you know he had to fake that and not like not blink not giggle like mm -hmm. you know you tell me that Nikki and Chaz unless that was a prop too I don't think it was supposed to be I don't I think, think was, so either but no I think it's supposed to be legitimately him but yeah so I'm just like you know he has the, very strong neck muscles <laughs> yeah from all that time on the farm <laughs> but at this point this is where um a lot of folks refer to this as the infamous lost ending. So this is where the split kind of happens with the original script. So in the movie, we see Muffy goes to bed. She finds a gift that's wrapped in peach paper. Now, the peach paper may mean absolutely nothing, but I just remember at the very beginning, she tells Clara she's a peach. And I'm like, yeah. so when I first saw something, I'm like, is Clara giving that to her? Is this going to be a prank from Clara? Mm -hmm. It's not, but... So now we're wondering what the hell is going on with this. So finds there's a jack-in-the-box. And so she takes the jack-in-the-box out and just starts slowly cranking it. And then right when it springs out, Nan pops out from behind her and slits her throat. 
April Fools. Just another prank. Neon gets the laugh, last laugh because it is one of those fake knives that shoots out the blood. So another prank. Jack in the Box just winks at the camera and roll credits. So a couple things to point out here. So the hairstyles at that very last scene were rather different and it's because it was filmed months later. Reason it was filmed months later is the studio decided to cut the ending. So there's about 15, 20 minutes that were just completely removed from this movie. Probably a good move. I, I agree. So Can you think of this movie with 20 more minutes? The pacing will be all off. Well, it's not just that. I don't like the ending that they go with. So if anyone's curious, like a real detailed analysis of it, if you read the novel, I guess the novelization was being written at the same time as the actual movie was being like scripted and filmed. So the novelization was done with the actual script versus like when the movie was finished. So basically what happens is in the alternative ending, um, Skip says that he wants to prank Muffy back. Um, the group goes to like execute the prank only to find someone being Skip is trying to execute Muffy. So Rob kills Skip. Muffy's upset that Skip was trying to kill her over the inheritance. Um, so she kind of goes bits nuts and just is like singing to his corpse in the end. That's how the book ends. Was well, this like a, it's like a hunchback cuddling the corpse kind of? <laughs> yeah, like, 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 I like the Disney-fied version much better. Like, I realize yes. that their classic has there for a reason, but no. Um, but so, basically, while this is in the novel, they actually had filmed this. So apparently the actual, like, film exists, but it's been lost. Thank God. Yes. Well, apparently they tried to find it because the collector's edition was released uh, in 2020. So yes, that's right. So I just want to show So they wanted movie. to show it, but it has to date never been found, which I believe it was Paramount that did this. And apparently they're kind of known for losing footage. I've been <laughs> yeah, they've had, they've had some incidents over the years. Yeah. So, but um, basically this also makes sense for more like Skip's comment earlier when they're first coming to the island. He's like, oh, nothing. He's whining about Buck. He's like, nothing bad happens to Muffy. Um, and also when he has his little pity party on the porch being like, oh, like a poor kid could tell his dad, I'm my own man. And then he's like, but you know, what's a, what's a poor kid going to do? Like lose the inheritance? So basically implying that he probably lost the inheritance mm. by being a dick or something. I don't know what For he did. For sure. So, and of course, Muffy gets everything, but you know, killing her, I feel like does not solve the problem here, Skip. No, I think Skip, uh, you know. Skipped a, skipped a few neurons in his head. Yep. So, but... Can you imagine I, if they actually went through with that? Like, like, if they used that? Because, like... It just... It, and I get that it's like, okay, yeah, then you have an actual death. Like, we have a slasher film that there's a zero body count in. Has that ever happened? Yeah, but the whole... The, the way it was completed, ultimately, I think, was definitely for the better. Yeah, cause because it was so fun. It, was, it would end up leaving you with, oh... Like, you never saw that coming. I don't care who you are. Unless you came in with, like, you listen to our podcast, you know what's going to happen, you know yeah. what to expect. Or, or, like, if you've read about it, whatever. You come in, if you don't know what's going to happen here, it hit. it's really surprising and really shocking. And, and, and with that context, it leaves you with, oh, well, that was a really fun ride. That was a really good time. That was a blast. I, I really enjoyed it. If you come out with that, it ends up being like a really contrived, lazy ending. I think. I think by the way the way they ended up ultimately wrapping this up was what really made the film. That ending made the movie. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And like, I feel like you know, 
I usually am good at figuring out twists in movies. Like You really are. You usually call them out, and I'm like, well, she's probably right. And you yeah. usually are. This I had no idea. I thought no. that... I knew this movie had a twist. I assumed the twist was, um, you know, the evil twin thing. I was like... Yeah. And, I was like, and they led you to think that. And I was kind of like, this movie, I was like, watching this being like, oh, this movie's not bad. But, you know, again, it's a bit of an overplayed trope, which I guess at that point in the 80s, maybe it wasn't then, but it still was kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, in and hindsight then, a little bit, yeah. And then again, the everyone's alive, everything's fine. The only slasher film that I can think of with a zero body count. Um, the music was, you know, very 80s, cheesy, for a slasher kind of feel. Yeah. But again, very fitting for the times, felt very 80s. Um, I like that all the effects are practical. I think a lot of movies rely too much on non-practical effects, and it takes yeah. away from a lot of movies yeah, it's nowadays. It's one of those things where like technology can be a detractor. Yeah. And again, there was a plot holes that I pointed out, but I feel like those were just kind of fun to point out. Like Again, it's not taken away from the movie yeah. that, that um, Nikki pulls the S&M stuff like, just like, out of like her ass crack or something. I think that was funny. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just and saying. It's like, like, it's like looking know, it's back, like, and I'm like, wait a minute. Where the hell did that even come from? Right. It's just like kind of like the silliness like of the movie. Yeah. And you know, so, like, ultimately, you know, let's let's do our you know like our final thoughts of what we think. I thought this was a great time. You know, it started out like, oh, all these asshole college kids. Yeah, let them get butchered, and they're probably going to do it in fun, creative ways, kind of things like that. You know, and then it starts progressing it gets like the setup was really good i thought it was fun how they did that and then just the way it progressed and then like and then when you hit the the shock ending the twist everything kind of adds up and yeah. you know, like after we watch it we're just had a nice converse like a big conversation about it oh my god this was connecting this and it, it really leaves you with a smile on your face and i think that feeling can kind of get overlooked in in horror a lot sometimes you don't get a lot of movies that hit you in the way this movie hits you yeah for sure it was a good time it's a blast this is the kind of flick that you invite some friends over you get some pizza and just have a good time this is the kind of this is a good movie to watch in a group yeah setting, for sure. i think really fun i i cheesy as all hell which is exactly how i want my 80s stuff oh for sure laden with so much cheese that you can't see anything else it was good time fun i loved it it was a great movie and you know is it like a cinematic masterpiece hell no most horror movies aren't cinematic cinematic masterpieces they're just not there are a lot that are but movies like this i'm going in hoping for a good time and to enjoy the 90 minutes or whatever that I'm investing in it and not walk away thinking, well, that was stupid. This was fun. I highly enjoyed it. And I haven't really seen a slasher film quite like it, which, which really this movie stood the test of time too. So it was a good time. I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. And my thoughts are pretty similar to you. You know, again, it's just a fun movie. I love the twist in it. Um, yeah. And there was a twist. <laughs> they show it. They, they don't, though. No, I know, right? literally don't. No Dolph Lundgren, no anything. But so, at this point, I think let's do, um, so, since this is going to end up being our first episode that's, like, actually reviewing a movie, um, I think let's do explain kind of the rating system we're going to do. So, these are all going to be out of five. I thought it'd be fun if they're just silly little emojis. So, um, 
first one's going to just be the overall as a film itself. Um, so whether you think of it as horror film or whatever, just what you thought of the film. And that's going to be based on skull heads, so little skull head emojis. Next is going to be scary, which is going to be the little cat that's like, um, the scaredy cat, if you will. Uh. And then the music and sound, the score of the film is going to be a little music note. Um, the effects are going to be, um, so whether special effects, practical effects, how good were the effects, it's going to be a little ghost emoji, and then the gore factor, which is going to be just a drop of blood. This way, especially for folks that, we'll put these ratings up like on Instagram as we post this and like Twitter and stuff, and that way folks that may be like, oh, I want to watch this first, but can I handle this? So if we put some up and we're like, this thing is gory as fuck and you can't handle gore, then kind of yeah. gives you a fun, a quick little yeah, overview quick little of overview. what to expect from certain aspects. For sure. So like a review without reading the review. Exactly. So for me, I say I give it, you know, four skulls because for overall of the movie. I would say four as well. You know, like five, I think if to rate something a five, which it has to blow me away. It's like, going. It, it almost has to be genre defining for me yeah, to like reach a level shining. of perfection. Yeah, so like, like the original Halloween stuff, like that. Like yeah, Dawn are... of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, stuff like like that's just. There won't be a lot of things we watch. I feel like that'll be a good, no, good all five skulls. There's not a lot that are gonna. But for this, I, I think it's a solid four. Agreed. It, it's definitely a four. I'd say a mid level four. Board, like it, it could fall in a three, but I, I'd say ultimately it's a. It's a it's a four for me. Great movie. Good time. So what about the scary factor? Scare factor? I'd say a one. This wasn't really that scary. Like, even if it didn't have the twist, I don't feel as if this is a movie that frightens me. I feel as if it's almost like a whodunit yeah. kind of thing. And you're trying to find out this, like a it's slasher movie. With, yeah, like a slasher clue-ish kind of thing. And you're trying to figure out what's going on and who the hell it might be. So it this did not scare me one iota. So I and I don't and granted, I don't think this was the purpose of the flick in any way whatsoever. Oh, so for sure. um not a detriment, but I, I, I definitely think it's a it's a one for me for scare. I'll go with two just because I feel like there was a couple points that I may have jumped slightly. So I'm gonna give it go ahead and give it the extra little point for that. But I think that's fair. Definitely not like something I would describe as a scary movie. Uh, just basically, if you are someone that you want rom com and only rom com, well, this is not that. No, it's definitely not. Definitely not. Though I would, I would definitely say any really bad, shitty rom com with Jennifer Lopez is much scarier <laughs> and totally different. Let's ways. not let's not rag on J Lo. J Lo seems like a good person. She seems fine. It's just that you know she's been in twenty movies or she's been married and every getting married in every single one of them. For sure. So for like the music, I'm going to give it three. I think three out of five is pretty fair. I mean, it's definitely 80s cheese, but I love 80s cheese. So I think it's a solid three. I did a two, probably a high two. Um, the music was good, but it wasn't memorable. It had a couple moments where I liked it. The music was fine. Definitely not a standout part of the movie for me. So I think it was good, not great. And that's fair. What do you think for the special effects or the effects? The effects, I you have to consider time period, of course. Um, it was nothing over the top, but I thought it was really the effects were really well done. I'd say a solid three out of five for effects. You know, there's some some pretty cool stuff like with the bodies floating in the well. I thought that was fun. You know, and, and again, you're in the mid '80s. You're 
you're not getting the kind of over-the-top effects that you would these days, and I prefer it that way. I, I thought the effects were solid. Not great, not spectacular, but really good. Worked fine for me. So I say a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I'm going to go with 3 out of 5 as well, just because same thing. It's, you know, the blood looked realistic enough, um, you know, but there wasn't really a need for too many effects to begin with. Yeah. The only thing that really, like, I'll put point out there is just me nitpicking is like that snake is not native to the u.s <laughs> so a lot and, of times they don't consider that no they don't consider people like me with show the, up with their with their snake choices yes uh, same thing with like spiders and stuff like those aren't around what'd you think of the gore level i'm gonna give it a two because a we don't see any of the kills i mean you see skip being floating in the water being all blue and gross mm -hmm. um you see the bodies in the well the blood from when they kill um quote-unquote kill um, yeah, quote, there's a lot of quote-unquote yeah kills. so when the for chaz and uh nikki i mean there's a lot of blood you see there so oh yeah i'll get so but when they lop the guy's dick off yeah where you see the, like the blood spot where is where his uh where his wanker used to be yeah um, so i'll give it two because i feel like it's not a lot but in the, like most people can handle that but it's not non-existent either yeah i, I give it a two as well and, and i think we're kind of looking on a scale of you know we're not ranking as gore wise against like you know, a comedy. You know what I mean. So we're we're looking at it more or less in the in the viewpoint of with, with it's a comparison to other horror flicks. For sure, I'd say a two is pretty good. It's not like like I'd say like a one would be like almost no gore whatsoever. There's definitely some gore. It's pretty light. Nothing crazy. Well done, but it's not a gory movie anyway. So if you're squeamish this movie should not be an issue for you at all. Yeah, unless you can't handle, like, a, if you can hand, can't handle, like, even, like, a little drop of blood here and there, then, then... Then you might want to turn your head a couple times, but it's nothing crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and like I, I was mentioning earlier, there's a, a collector's edition, the Blu-ray that was released last year, apparently. It has a lot of interviews. I have not had a chance to watch it, obviously, but um, it looked interesting. There was, like, you know, a whole big, like, I think it was, like, an hour interview with the director. We into a lot of details with it, so... If this movie is like your jam and you're like, I got to get my hands on that, then that is now available. Yeah, that, that's actually one I would love to pick up. Yeah, I might have to do that. Because like I said, this is, a, this is a movie I'd like to invite a, a couple friends over when, when COVID is in the past. And if. just do a... Please win. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is the kind of movie you just watch together with friends and have a good time. Pop a bunch of popcorn. The, the, the great. This is like the perfect horror popcorn flick. Yeah, for sure. So... So certainly, you know, thanks for listening to our little amateur rambling. I know, you know, this is our first actual episode, so anyone tuning in, thank you so, so much for for giving a, a under an hour of your time, and hope you had a good time. Hope you had much fun listening as we did making it. So until next time, this has been We All Pod Down Here. Bye! Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Share with your friends and family. And check out our website at www.weallpoddownhere.com. Or send us an email at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. You can also follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter. And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram. And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review or just something you want to make me uncomfortable with. Until next time, this has been We All Pod Down Here. Be afraid. Be very afraid.